G'day and welcome to Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray, and today we get fit, we get fab, we get tight around the flabby bits as I connect with fitness expert and founder of Body by Simone, Simone Delarue. As well as growing one hell of a fitness empire, she's consistently named one of Hollywood's hottest fitness experts and trainers to the stars, having trained people such as Reese Witherspoon, Rosie Huntington, Chrissy Teigen, Jennifer Garner, and Robert De Niro and his family. This is an incredible episode, and whether you're interested in business or interested in fitness or just interested in women doing well, check it out, listen up, and get into this one. I am so excited to welcome Simone Delarue of Body by Simone. Thank you for coming down. Thank you for having me. I, I got to tell you, when I did my research for this, um, I was I was really impressed. Like at first I was like, oh my God, Australian made good in yeah. the US. I was like, well, hang on. I did a bit more research. She's actually British Australian made good in America. Yeah. Uh, someone actually asked me yesterday, like, where are you from? And I was like, uh, I was yeah. born in England. Okay. I grew up in Australia. I moved to Australia when I was two. Okay, right. And I was there until I was 18. Yeah. Um, and then I've lived all over the world since then. So Where I guess my parents, Aust- my parents, um, you know, Australian. So I would say okay. I am Australian. However, um, I have a strong connection with with the UK, um, and obviously being born there. So I've got a British passport, which comes in handy. So you're a little bit of a. Uh, I'm a mutt. Yeah. You're a mutt, but you're a bit of a spy. You're a little bit yeah. alien. Well, you have worked with Jennifer Garner, <laughs> well, so exactly. she's probably giving you all the insights. We've got more than exactly. two passports. I'm like, which passport shall I use? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So tell me about your journey. For those people who don't know you, like you've you've trained with some of the you know, the biggest celebrities in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, done incredible transformations. You know, of body and also of mind and health. But what is the story? Where does this all begin? Um, it began seven years ago. Um, I was a professional dancer from the age of 18. I did, you know, in Australia and the UK and then... Whereabouts in Australia were you based? So I was, uh, grew up in Melbourne okay. and my very first show was Cats um, oh, wow. when I was 18, straight out of the Victorian College of the Arts. White Cat. Yes. There we go. Yeah, and I was very excited to do that role. Um, but I had got to a point in my career as a dancer especially, you know, you have a use-by date. And I hate to, to say that, especially as a female, um, but, you know, I was auditioning up against, you know, girls that were straight out of college, so 18-year-olds, and at the time I was 36. And I just wanted something that was more secure, more stability, something that I could be in control of. Um, you know, when you're a when performer of any sort, you're always, like, hoping to be the person that, you know, the casting agent is looking for, no matter how talented you are. So the highs and lows of that industry are really... The highs are highs and the lows are low. And, I, you know, as I said, I've done it for 18 years and I was ready to, to find another path. Okay. So you started professionally at 18? Yes. But you had been dancing since... Since I was three. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And so you entered the world of professional dancing for 18 years. Mm-hmm. You had incredible successes. So you, you danced on Broadway. Yeah. You danced uh, the West End, the West London. End, London. Mm-hmm. So you've, and you've really done. I kind of ticked all the boxes yeah. that I wanted to do. So I was really at a point, you know, where I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to let this go, which was, is hard for, for, for dancers in particular because it's your life. That's all you know. So it's hard. I to think it's hard it. for anyone who's been in a job, especially for 18 years, yeah. you know, where you're in this job, you've surrendered a level of control in order to, you know, work for the man, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But, you know, normally on everyone's journey, they reach a point where something happens. There's some kind of a, you know, a gestalt, a conniption, yeah. an event, uh, a death, a birth, um, you know, a tragedy in some cases not. 
that you know sh- changes people's perspectives, makes them reassess what what was going on. What was your moment? Yeah, like, it was like you an, uh, an aha moment, I yeah. guess. You know, just being in the dressing room, I was like, "This is my dream to be on Broadway," and I was surrounded by all of these you know females in the ensemble who are also on Broadway, and everyone was you know complaining about what the next audition was going to be or when where you know did you get that job or did you see? And I just thought, ah, oh, I just want to take, I just want to take the power back. Yeah, right. And it was a real moment of okay, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Look, I'm fascinated by that because mm-hmm. it is quite an. From what I've heard on the outside, of having friends in our dancers, mm-hmm. it it can be quite insecure. It can be quite catty. Uh, it's not necessarily. Uh, look, I don't know. I'm yeah, speaking yeah. anecdotally, <laughs> but is it necessarily the healthiest environment? Did you find? Uh, you know, it, you know, it has the stereotypes of yeah. especially as females. You know. Um, as any dancer, there's always like weight issues and eating disorders, which are very toxic. And then, you know, it can be competitive. But I mean, some of my best friends are still people that I made during my dancing days. Um, you know, dancers are very open and expressive and loving and artistic. So, yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, was, I, I would say there is the stereotypical idea of what it is. Like, Black Swan, you know, that yeah. the movie, they, they painted the, the girls, you know, to hate one another and be so, so competitive. But there is elements of that, but, you know, okay. in general. But it sounds like you left with grace. It's not like you broke your leg on stage. No, and no, okay, I, I was, I was ready, out. I was ready to go. Okay. And, um, I remember I opened a bank account because I had to decide what was I going to call the business. So it's actually, there's a couple of things all happening at the same time, but, um, I was like, okay, what, what am I going to call this business? You know, that I wanted, I, this fitness business that I wanted to have. So I was actually sitting in the dressing room looking at a magazine. Had you like calculated this on the lead up to this moment? Like, okay, maybe if I do something else, I'm going to get into fitness or was it in this moment, right, I've got to do something else, what am I going to do? Fitness. Like, yeah, I think it's it's the path of least resistance for yeah, right. for anyone who's been active, especially dancers, to, to go into fitness. Okay. Usually it's Pilates or yoga. Yeah. Or, and for me, you know, I hate doing cardio, so I've always loved the fact that you can dance and get an incredible workout and stay slim and, you know, stay, you know, be relatively fit from it. So I thought, how can you actually do this and share this with other people yeah, and, right. and, and not have dance be an intimidation because so many people, as you said earlier, you said you can't dance. Well, I disagree because I would like to try and, you know, make you learn to love to move, yeah. you know, it's really, it's a, it's an expression. Um, you know, we're not auditioning for Broadway or the, Right now, if I was make you to do the it, then we'll be in trouble. The next Lion King, I'm sure. Um, but you know, like, just like to to feel comfortable in in your body, yeah. and um, so I wanted to like to be able to share that with other people, and and for them to learn to love dance and not be intimidated by it. Okay, and so what happened next? Yeah. You went over to check account. Yes, and also the name of the the studio. So I'm yeah. looking through this this magazine, and I see hair by you know I see these celebrities, and it says hair by so and so makeup by so-and-so, you know, styling by so-and-so. And And I was like, well, who, you know, where's the, where's the body by who Mm. helped this person get in shape? And then I was like, body by Simone. And so that's how the name name. was created. Yeah. Um, Hence BBS. But um, so I got the name and then I remember I was still in the show in the dressing room when I got my, opened my bank account and I had the checkbook in front of me. And that for me was a, like a visualization, like a real moment of, right, this is really happening and I'm going to, I have to make this happen now. Okay. And so so what happened, like, how do you go from, you've been dancing for 18 years, you've now decided I'm going to open a business. It's going to be in fitness because it's the path of least resistance. 
how do, with your experience did you then decide you're going to commercialize that like because like one of the biggest challenges i see when people follow their passion into mm-hmm. business um, they either end up becoming a charity <laughs> and they just give what they give away because yeah. they don't know how to you know, package it in a way where it can, can become commercial mm-hmm. or they often struggle, struggle to package it in a way where they can actually go, well, what is what I do worth and how do I actually sell it? So what was the journey like for you when it came to commercializing? Yeah, I think I started off as a private trainer. So okay. I had like, so one-on-one? Yeah, a handful of clients. Okay. And then I got to a point where I was like having like five to seven clients a day. So it's like seven hours wow. a day. I was like, how... How can I continue this? How were you marketing to get that many clients so quickly? Um, it was just word of mouth. Right. So I managed to get in with someone and then they recommended me to someone and it was literally just a very close community of celebrities. Like yeah. when I actually tell the story, people like, you know, you know, who my first few clients were like, that. that is just crazy. And I don't know. That's why I think luck or the universe or whatever interfered at that point to point me in that path. But the people that I started off with, those core group of five, you know, people right. recommended me to each other and that's how. So how long ago was this? This is like probably like eight or nine years ago now. So this would be almost at the the uh, the evolution of influencer marketing, which yeah. is yeah. essentially there what was you did. not even there was no Instagram then. Yeah. There was like you know I wasn't I wasn't really marketing. It was just pure word of mouth, and they do a good job, be a good person, be respectful, and then you know someone. So how do you in your first five clients? How are you able to pick up such high level celebrity clients? Was it just through your network? Because they were all friends. Right. So it was just networking. Okay. Yeah. Someone's like, oh, you look amazing. What are, you, what are you doing? Oh, I'm using this trainer called Simone. And, oh, do you want to come? Do you want to join in? Sure. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we love this. After the first session, can I do my own? Sure. And it just organically grew like that. It was really something special. And when I look at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> but when I look back at it now and I hear myself saying yeah. it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Well, it's actually really smart yeah. because when you see so many people get in the business for the first time, they're like, well, who do I market to? So, yeah. well, do you know, who do you talk to? Who are your friends? Who are your yeah. family? Well, what's interesting is, you know, I am known as a celebrity trainer. I have a lot of celebrity clients. Yeah. And I think the reason one being Australian really helped, like yeah, Americans right. love an accent. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, I didn't know their history because I hadn't, you know, grown up here. And I just, I think we're kind of very open, carefree, non-judgmental people. And to me, it's just a person, you know? And so a lot of them are used to having the team around them that are like, yes, yes, well, I'll get you anything you want. And here was, I was in this position of control where I was telling them what to do, you know, but with, with a sense of humor and a laugh. And I think yeah. they're like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know. Yeah, so right. I really formed really great bonds and friendships with them as well. But I think a lot of it, I say, comes down to like the Australian personality and carefree nature. And, yeah. You know, we take ourselves seriously, but not too seriously. It's very different to the American energy a little bit. Okay. And so when did things really start to take off for you? So then I, I realized, okay, I'm at the point where I can't physically work out anymore. So right. if I want to grow this, how do I, I scale? How do I scale? Yeah. yeah. Um, and at the same time, one of the celebrity clients said to me, um, you know, I'd like to help you give you a little bit of money so that you can find a space, like a studio space. Because I was like going to their houses and like with a backpack on and like, yeah. or someone would come over and it was just like, my days were just so hectic. And this was in New York City, you know, oh, so you're wow. going like from one person's house to the other and it was kind of nuts. Or I'd rent out dance studios in the middle of New York City. My with seven clients a day plus travel time, you'd be doing what, 12, 14 hours days? Yeah. It was absolutely nuts. Um, so the very first studio that I had was actually an apartment because at this point I didn't have the funds. Um, 
And so we, it was like $2,000 a month. It was a studio apartment on the Upper West Side in New York. And I turned it into like a workout studio because there's no furniture in there. Yeah. Um, and signed a lease, you know, and I, I, I mean, it was a bit naughty now and I look back at it because, you know, the landlord was like this, you know, this is a business kind of. Naughty. D- d- naughty. Oh, it's, it's. <laughs> The fine lines. Yeah. 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 So there I was training these celebrity clients out of this studio on the Upper West Side. And so at one point, we actually got caught because the neighbors, everyone was like, why is Sandra Bullock going up in one elevator and like the De Niro's coming down in another? And it was just one of those things that it was just like, um, so we, we got kicked out of there. So that's when um, actually Grace De Niro, Robert De Niro's wife, said to me, you know, I, I, believe in you, I want to help you, I, you know, I'll give you a little bit of cash to, to try and open your first year. Oh, wow. Year. So yeah. De Niro has actually invested in yeah. your early days. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, yeah, we were silent partners. I had NDAs and all of that sort of stuff, but we've, we've separated since then and moved on. And yeah. Um, so I can, you know, talk about it now, but. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, what yeah. a great way to get a start. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so you got the investment and that's yeah. when you opened your first studio. Yes. So they gave me $80,000, which yeah. you think is a lot of money. But when rent in New York City and West Chelsea is $10,000 a month. Yeah. And then a build out was $120,000 a month. So yeah, you already right. started behind before you've begun. Yeah. Um, so I was the receptionist, the manager, the toilet cleaner. I trained seven hours a day. Bookkeeper. Um, bookkeeper. <laughs> everything. Like yeah. learning how to use the mind body system on the computer. Like just not, not honestly having a clue really. Yeah. And I laugh about it because the stereotype of being a little blonde dancer, I didn't come from money. You know, um, I didn't have, I don't have a business degree. You know, I wanted to dance. Was that or, or do psychology? You know, and to be in this position really? now, yeah. I'm like. Well, you're kind of doing, but like, I'm going to assume as a personal trainer, you're doing a little bit of both. Yeah, it's like my yeah. two my two worlds of of you know met um, and gelled together. But yeah, I so I didn't know what I was doing. I remember my hand was quivering when I was signing the lease um, on the New York studio, thinking, how on earth am, how am I going to pay this? Like, how am I going to do this? And I realized at that point, well, I needed to, one, hire another staff member and to open up to group classes because what you could do in your time frame of a one-on-one session, you know, to to earn whatever $150 it was, if you could have 30 people in a room paying $35, you know, you're maxing out that way. So my my business model started off as private training. Yeah. And then there was a, that aha moment of I physically can't do all of this and I can't have other, I have to then train those other trainers to train. And so then I opened it up to group classes and I slowly pulled in a couple of friends who were dancers who were like, oh, a show on Broadway's finished or can I, can you help me out? And so at, at the very beginning, yeah, right. it was a hub for dancers, unemployed right. dancers. So they would come and take class or they would come and like become a trainer. And you just had an endless supply of trainers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was just going through my teledeck going, yeah. who can I get next? It's interesting. You talked about your love for psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, is this something that you have pursued, you know, outside of dance? Like you've got a genuine interest in development? Yeah. So my mum's a psychologist. I wow. was brought up with that kind of thinking. Okay. Um, you know, as a child, it was like, let's get in touch with this anger. Where's this anger coming from? Rather than, you know, scolding or me screaming or anything like that. So she's... So she was one of the good ones. Yes. Yeah. She's incredible. Incredible. Um, so I... 
actually deferred from university, Melbourne Uni, to do you know, um, to dance because uh, I got into the Victorian College of the Arts or Melbourne Uni. So Melbourne Uni was to do psychology and, and Victorian College of the Arts was obviously to be a dancer, um, a performer. And so I was like, oh, God, what do I do? And I thought, well, I can always come back to psychology and it's yeah. probably better to have life experience. Yeah. Um, but you can only, you know, often dance when you're younger. So that was a choice then. So how much of a level, what's your level of self-awareness around your own thought processes? Like, I'm really curious to know, like, if you're, you know, because some people, they act in, in many cases indiscriminately unaware of the story that's going on in their head that either is what's driving them through the obstacle yeah. or that's holding them back from that. Yeah. Like, I'm curious to know, like, what's your relationship with your own psychology? Um, Pretty good, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I operate very much on instincts. Okay. Um, so if you ask me as a businesswoman, I, it's not from from thought or, yeah. my, or mind. It's from instinct and gut and feeling. How important is instinct, like intuition? 100%. Gut? Yeah, right. 100%. Every decision I make is all on instinct. And how do you feel instinct? Like, does it come to you in voices, sensations, feelings, temperature? Yeah. I, um, you know, I do a lot of positive affirmations. Okay. I um, visualize things and then they happen. Um, but I, I get the, I just get the feeling like without sounding too much of a spiritual crazy person, but you're in good company. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you feel, you feel the energy, you feel the energy between people, you feel the energy, like, you know, when I'm looking for space, for studio space, as soon as I walk into the space, I know yes or no immediately if that's the right space. So it's just based off. Yeah. What feels right. Yeah. So you start to scale, you start mm-hmm. to bring in other trainers, and mm-hmm. you, but you still only got your first studio at this point. Yes, yeah. Okay, so what happens next? So um, was scaling easy because all of a sudden it's you. You can yeah. control you. Yeah. I get the sense you're a mild mannered control freak, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is very entrepreneurial. So don't don't feel bad. You're in good company again. Um, but one of the things that, you know I discover everyone's scaling journey is different. Yeah. But so many people find it really difficult to let go. Yeah. And there's a real psychology to that as well. Yeah. Um, and as a result, they sometimes make these mistakes that they wouldn't have made if they were a little bit more surrendered to the process of you know really scaling. Yeah. Like was your scaling journey something that was quite easy? Did it come quite natural or was it full of challenges when it came to the recruitment and quality assurance, that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, quality assurance was great because I was in New York City. So the quality of trainers yeah. there were, you know, World uh, class. over the top. Yeah. Um, it was very much a, oh gosh, we need more people. Who can we find? And it was like a community outreach at that point. And by cl- people, you mean clients? Um, no, uh, uh, as in trainers. All oh, right. And then yep. as far as clients go, I, I got very lucky. Like I, as I said, with those celebrity clients that I had, they were very supportive of me and they would, you know, I, that one huge moment was when Sandra Bullock had a BBS tank top on. She walked outside of the New York studio. The studio had only been opened a month and um, the paparazzi had been following her and she knew what she was doing when she put that, you know, T-shirt on. Um, and so then it just went everywhere. It's like Daily Mail, you know, like all of the places that pick up those stories. Um, and... And then that just I turned into this celebrity trainer, and then everyone wanted to interview, and everyone wanted to do a story, and then all of a sudden it became this it became this beast that I didn't know it was going to be. So you were already a celebrity trainer at this point, yeah. but now this is when cat's out of the bag. Yeah, thanks, Sandy. Yeah, because yeah. I kept it quiet for like one to two years. I'd be very right. respectful of their privacy, and then um, yeah, cat's out of the bag, and then you know. It's a funny world. Like once one of them finds out that someone's doing something, everyone <laughs> everyone wants to be in on it. Yeah. So then the phone just didn't stop ringing. It was right. like, 
really um but at that instance did that create some of its own challenges because i'm going to assume in the celebrity world they want you yeah they don't want the trainer yeah. they don't want you know the the other world-class dancer they yeah. want simone yeah did that pose its own set of challenges it did it did um and then you know for me learning how to juggle everybody and keep everybody happy and uh, making sure that they were still being taken care of um, have you got to the point where you can outsource some of your celebrity clients to some yes, of your trainers? Yeah, all of them now have like two backup trainers. So they yeah, know, right. they say now, oh, it's a treat to have you. And then they know that, you know, they've got two others that they, they will see regularly if I'm not available. Because one of the things I find when I'm working with business owners is oftentimes, the, you know, their catch cries, well, no one does it better than me, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. And these clients, they ask for me by name. <laughs> How am I supposed to scale when this yeah. goes down? Yeah. How did your, because I'm going to assume that was, that would have been the exact scenario. And in yeah. Body by Simone, you are Simone, mm -hmm. Sandra Bullock, I want, like, how do you navigate that, communicate that, and work through that so that the, the clients still get the expectation? Still get the, yeah. Well, I, um, I was very careful. Like, it's only the last couple of years that wow. I've like now pulled, really pulled myself back. But before I was just, I mean, I said as a workaholic, like, like I just always said yes. That was another one of my mantras, just say yes to life and then work out how you're going to do it afterwards. So I, I would, you know, work way too much. Um, but it was important to instill in my staff, you know, now I have like 45 staff, I think, but instill in my staff that, you know, you just, just the simple things that, they're about being kind, <laughs> being nice, being respectful, like all of those that were more about selling a feeling yeah. because really at the end of the day, exercise is exercise. Like we could do push-ups here on the floor together. You could go and get me and pay me money to do it. You could go, you know, it's like a bicep curl is a bicep curl. So it's really not about the exercise. It's about the feeling and the environment and the, the community that you're creating. So once those celebrity clients felt that same energy from mm. the trainers, then they felt comfortable. Were there any like growing pains at that yeah, point? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think one thing I've learned now, initially in the early days, I was like, come on in. I would just hire all of my friends. Like, yeah, oh, the show's right. Kathleen, come on in. And it just got to a really awkward point because then it's like, how do they define who is the boss one yeah. day? And then we're going out for dinner the next day, or, you know, they're telling me about their husbands or, you know, so it was a very fine line. So now, as of like three or four years, four years ago, I made a rule: no, no friends, no personal connection with anyone that I that I work work with or what works for me. Wow. So how do you maintain a level of trust that builds a strong culture yeah. without a personal connection? Or I'm going to assume yeah. it's not no personal no, connection. I'm going to say it's like moderated. Moderated, yeah. Yeah. But I think you know, people have to want to work for someone that they believe in or someone that they are in, uh, inspired by or someone that they truly think is a nice person and so that goes back to again my thing of of just being kind mm. you know being kind it's to a yourself. good mantra be yeah kind. <laughs> just, yeah just be kind you know and um and people will your staff will respect you but i've had you know four of my top trainers leave and start and open their own business. Okay. In competition? Yeah. Yeah. First time I had a nervous breakdown. I was took it so personally. I was like, how, you know, how could you do this to me? And then I just realized it's life. Like, of course you're gonna do it. Like the ones the the ones who have the skill and the ones who have that bit of spunk and that spark, they're the stars. They only want to work under someone for so long until they yeah. want to start their own thing. So you can't stop. And you birth an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like I, I wish you well and off you go. And then I always say, you know, for you to realize how difficult it is because people think, oh, well, you know, it's easy. I can do it. Yeah. I'm like, 
but that's such a normal thing that happens in business. You hire someone, great talent, they come in, they work in the business yeah. for 12 months, two years, and then they realize, well, shit, I could do this for myself. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that in a healthy way so that it doesn't actually destroy you? Like, what was, yeah. was there any kind of process that you, that you took yourself through either consciously or on? Yeah, I think going back, like calling my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Please give me Thank a therapy. Thank God she's a therapist. <laughs> Please give me a therapy session and how should I deal with this? Yeah. And coming back to love and kindness again as well as like yeah. send them love and send them off. And and as you said, know that you've given birth to to someone so that they can chase their path. And at the end of the day, it's business and it's not yeah. personal. And another big, huge lesson I've learned along the way is that I everything was so personal. Everything was so personal. Now, it's still very personal for me, but I now can see it a little bit more with a business mind okay. and be like, okay, this is work and this is what it is. So using three words, if I was to walk into any one of your studios right now while it was humming with team and talent mm-hmm. uh, and clients, what would, how would you describe your culture? Uh, I always say it's an ego-free environment. Yeah. Um, it's very accepting. In a city like New York, that yeah. might be a little challenging. No, that's why people love That's why yeah. people love it because that's, that's the environment that I've created. I was like, and it's one of my other mantras is leave your ego at the door. Yeah. Like there's no judgment here. Come in and a celebrity would be standing next to an everyday person sweating all, you know, all together. And like, I think especially in a female because 99% um, female clientele. Right. Um, is, you know, amongst the staff as well, not having them be competitive amongst themselves. And But it all, I believe it comes from me. So, you know, it's the message that I... Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, ..that I send out. But that was that's one of my huge, huge, huge things because, as I said, exercise is exercise. Yeah. So. And as a leader, like, how would you describe yourself? Um, I hope it's, say, compassionate. Okay. Um, Are you tough? Probably not tough. <laughs> really? I didn't know. Wow. I didn't know. Like I've seen nothing to say that you would be, but I just get this sense that there's this yeah. internal strength about you that people were like, oh, we just don't fuck with Simone. Well, I think people think I'm very, very sweet, and that's probably what the side that I will show to you until, right. yeah, I feel crossed or burnt, and then the Scorpion side of me will come out probably. Right. You're a Scorpio. Oh, I'm on the cusp of Libra and Scorpio. Ooh. So I'm like, ooh, balance, balance. Balance it But, yeah, I I mean, I'm all about female empowerment. I'm all about, you know, let's, let's be strong women and, you know, strong women support other strong women and... Um, but it's an interesting environment. It's uh, when people ask me the hardest thing about managing staff is it's managing staff. It's the hardest, the hardest thing. If I could just work with clients all day yeah. long, I would be so happy. At all daycare centers, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just how we do this today. <laughs> all, right. all right, boys and girls. Yeah, yeah. Blink your eyes. So. Um, mm. Uh, I'm curious though, like on this journey, there's no doubt like any entrepreneur, you're going to have your successes, you're going to have your failures. Like what's been some of the biggest failures that you've had whilst trying to grow your business? I think like lessons. Or lessons. Yeah, lessons I'd say because I don't believe in failures. Um, Lessons, one big aha moment was when I actually bought out um, Brace De Niro. So that was really a really tough time when I realized we'd got to a point where, you know, this was my life. Mm. And this was, you know, a hobby for her. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to take this back and take charge and take control. But leading up to that process was so difficult and so I felt so tortured because we were friends again. Mm. So it's that thing of like how do, you, how do you do this? How do you make this break and then still remain friends or how do you, 
you know, how do you navigate through this? So that was really challenging, but such a great, wonderful feeling of empowerment when I did take the, you know, the company back, so to speak, you know, or pay her out that small amount that, um, but yeah, the lessons along the way are things take time. (laughs) I like it now. I like it fast. I like it yesterday. Um, to understand, I think, with the staff thing that people all have their own agenda and that no one's going to work as hard as, as you are because mm-hmm. it's your business and, you know, they're not going to work as hard because it's, it's not their business. Um, learning to not take things so personally. What's been your biggest leadership lesson? Like if you could point to one thing where you go, fuck, you know, I completely screwed that up. However, now as a result of what I learned from that as a leader. Yeah. Hmm. I would say maybe it was just like going back to letting the staff go. You know, the first time it was really personal. Yeah, right. I took it personal and the relationship and the conversation was personal. And and I think now I've just really, you just, I mean, you just have to, to be like, okay, even if you're Next. screaming or crying on the inside, <laughs> yeah. you know, I wish you the best of yeah. luck and have a great life and, you know, the door is always open. And, okay. Um Maybe, maybe to having more structure because, as I said, I'm based on instinct, right? Yeah. Love, passion, pure, create, let's do all of this. And so then I had to hire a team of people that were very opposite to that. Mm. So my team at the moment is a very short, small team. There's four, four. They're all different personalities. They're all A-type personalities. Um but they're a little bit more structured and things in places and um, which is a perfect balance for me because I always say, let me go out and create and be the face of the business and let mm. me, you know, smooth and do all of that. Yeah. And then they need to tell me, you need to sign this for me, you need to do this or you need to do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I think, yeah, don't be afraid to hire people that are smarter than you. Mm. <laughs> I think is another wonderful lesson. Once again, that's leave your ego at the door, yeah. right? Don't be, don't, be based on ego or find people that have skills that you don't have that will compliment you. So at this point, you've you've got West Chelsea. Yes. Sandra's walked out in yes. the uh, uh, beat up by Simone t-shirt. <laughs> um, it goes nuts. Yes. And then what happens? Then um, I find myself traveling back and forward to LA. Right. Um, Was that just the Hollywood demand? Hollywood demand. Yep. And like at the time, not so much now. But all the movies, you know, obviously were made here. So I would come out and help people for movie roles. That would be that was my thing because I worked with her on Gravity and got her ready for Gravity. Yeah, right. So then it then it switched to working specifically with them for movie roles. And so LA is the place where everybody lives. So I, I literally was flying back and forth constantly, and I was like, this is exhausting. And also, there's a need. There's yeah. a need for a business here. So I started looking for space. I was like, once again, where will I be? And it was like West Hollywood because it's young. Um, you're going to get the the actors, but then you're also going to get the stylists and the makeup artists that work yeah, with the actors. Right, so right. it was like that young, you know, community. Um, so I, I was like, that's it. I'm going to have a studio here, I, you know, so I have a base here. So the idea was that I would be based in New York, but I would fly here and check on the studio here. But once I got here... It just reminds me of Australia. You know, it's a little mm. bit more relaxed. It's a little bit more laid back. The weather, the vibe. Um, and then I picked up so many celebrity clients because of you know, the area. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, so this is where I need to be based. So West Hollywood came two years later after okay. West Chelsea. And then two years after that came Brentwood. Okay. 
And what spurred Brentwood? Just the pure demand? Pure demand. It's the yummy mummy area. Yeah. It's it's the clientele that have dropped their kids off at school and then want to, you know, work out or they want to do whatever the, you know, the young Hollywood clique are doing. So it's just a perfect area. I'd already, I'd started doing pop-ups, which is another wonderful business piece of advice. So I would say to anyone who's trying to start a business and doesn't know what to do or where to go, just start doing pop-ups, pop-up stores, pop-up classes, whatever it is, to test the market of the area. So that then you've already got a built-in audience. So then by the time we got to brick and mortar and I'd signed the lease, I already, like we had 100 people in the door the first day. So you were doing pop-ups in Brentwood before you actually... So what did that look like? Talk me through. You just find a vacant shop? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could find a vacant shop. But in this case, I hired like a dance studio. Yeah. It was like a dance for kids. Um, and like every morning I hosted like at 8 o'clock Monday to Friday and I would teach it. Yeah. So there would be the draw there. And I think it was less money than the studio because obviously it wasn't the same environment and built up the, the mailing list and the and the clientele that way. Yeah, right. And, and telling so them smart. telling them all, I'm looking for the space, I'm looking for the space, I'm looking for the space. So they were all like, when is the space coming? And they become almost like your real estate advocates yeah. looking for space. Well, yes. Actually, yeah. one of the clients said, oh, there's this space that's available and that's why I found it. So then literally the day the door opened that everyone, you know, we had to have full class. Up. Yeah. So how many days a year are you traveling? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Discomfort pending. Yeah. I mean, in between Los Angeles, New York and London, yeah. I probably do like a loop once a month. So yeah, I'll do, right. Yeah. Okay. So you're quite busy. Yeah. So commercialization, yes. you know, one of the things that I, I think a lot of people struggle with, especially when they are translating a passion into a business is how do I charge for what I do? Yeah. You've gone, you, you've done incredibly well. You've scaled from the one man band into, okay, I'm going to get trainers and we're going to have, um, you know, bigger, what, what, what size are your classes? Uh, like 30 people. 30 people. Mm-hmm. So it's still nice and intimate. Mm-hmm. But how did you go about pricing this? Because I'm going to assume like dance exercise, although it's nothing necessarily new, what the way you were doing it was quite new. Yeah, at so the what time, model? Yeah, so what models yeah. did you use to go, well, this is how much I'm going to charge, this is how I'm going to package it, these are the packages I'm going to put together. Where did your inspiration come from? So once again, um, people were trying to tell me or give me advice that I should do a membership. It should yeah. be like a gym, a membership, 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 membership. And I didn't want to do that because... Um, I thought me personally, you know, before I wanted to do yoga on a Monday, dance on a Tuesday, something else on a Wednesday, but you know, I wanted to give people the freedom and it's crazy when you actually, it's a psychological thing. When you give people the freedom that they know they're not locked into something, Mm. then they actually do the reverse. And then they're like, I'll buy a 10 pack of classes. I'll buy the unlimited classes when they know that they're not locked into a membership. That's, that's from my experience. Yeah, right. So I went the opposite. So the other like competitors were doing membership based and I was doing drop-in. And so I based the price on the competitive price of the other drop-in classes. Um, but like with the private training, you would say, okay, if you wanted to purchase a single, a single private training session, it's this much. But if you buy a pack of 10, it, the price drops down. So, you know, most people are buying those packs of 10 or in the class situation, they're buying unlimited classes. It's worked for me. I know a lot of people disagree and a lot of people told me I should have done Who's membership. Who's fuck what? But, Anyone else but, thinks it's, if it's, yeah, is it working? but it works. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And have you innovated that pricing model at all? Um, what do you In mean? terms of pricing, like like I'm going to assume that there might be a slightly different pricing strategy in New York to West yes. Hollywood as yes. an example. which was crazy as well. Yeah. So New York, 
um, is a lot higher than than LA. Okay. As just the classes. Yeah. Um, and that was once again going into the community, seeing what the competition was, seeing yeah. what else was out there. Priced it a little bit higher because we are boutique fitness, um, but not too high that you know we wouldn't get people coming in the door. And so, how do you market now? Like, mm-hmm. are you still one of those businesses that has such strong? celebrity brand appeal you've still got you know i was looking at your instagram feed you're still training with jen yeah you know you're still training with a lot of the great celebrities is that like are you so well hooked in with the influencers now that marketing is something you don't have to think about or do you actively produce or execute a marketing campaign for every uh, studio that you open so now that was another choice along the way that i was always the studios right it was always body by simone and the studios but over the last year, I've separated it now. So the studios are the studios and I am sort of, it's kind of like two brands okay. that still come on, under the one umbrella. Um, the studios have a name of their own because people want to Instagram and say they went to Body by Simone. It's like I went to Alfred's Coffee or yeah. I stayed at Beverly Hills Hotel. You know, like people want to say that they came to that. So it's, fascinating to me because when I started Instagram had just really started and I you know I, I but now it's my only marketing tool I market purely off Instagram a little bit off Facebook right and now in the studios we have a mailing list so we will send out like newsletters and emails and stuff like that but it's surprising most people don't I've because you can check and see you know if people have clicked or deleted or opened most people don't open the emails on the on the mailers on the mailing list um everything is on Instagram Really? It's like a huge, huge market. Are you, tool. Have you moved into paid advertising on Instagram or is it still I've, right now happening I'm organically? trying to be really organic and really authentic. Yeah. I constantly, every day, have a brand reach out. Um, if there's, you know, something that I feel like might work in line with my brand, um, I have just started to do a couple of things here and there, but it's based on me going and doing a workout, me reaching people, trying to touch people, trying to <laughs> not physically touch, but you know, like actually <laughs> well, yeah. share a workout and yeah. create a community, and but not just like on Instagram, like eat this, eat this bar or anything yeah. like that. I'm still trying to stay very clear of that because I, I just want it to be authentic. Okay. And, and true. How do you like in terms of social media? Mm-hmm. Is that like the number one play for use outside of the influencer marketing? Yeah. Okay, and what's interesting is your clients are doing again the most of the marketing for you because yeah. you're such a such a brand that people want to be associated with you now just by you know even showing up in in, in your shop. Yeah, it makes me laugh because I asked us speaking to the manager of the West Hollywood Studio. We we're like, how we haven't done any marketing? What is this? He's like, because it's like TMZ tr- truck drive past, <laughs> and they're like, that's where Taylor Swift works out. Wow. You know, so it's like yeah. people are literally coming so that they can do the geo. You know. Yeah. At, at Body by Simone, or they'll they'll take a picture of the of the logo. So it's really it's a whole other world. I feel kind of a little bit too old for the whole <laughs> the whole like social media world, but I'm trying to hang on a little bit because it is powerful. It's like well, you're how sitting I communicate on with enormous the, potential. Yeah. Like even though your business is already successful, just mm-hmm. as an outsider mm-hmm. looking in, like I see there's so much opportunity for you with what you're doing there. It's, it's incredible. So what's next for for Simone? Yeah. So obviously my my big pa- uh, passion project is the app. Yeah. Because once again, I realized I couldn't be everywhere all at once. So it's another scaling down or another yeah. business model of how I can try and reach as many people as possible. 
once again, my one of my beliefs is that exercise shouldn't be a privilege. So I, you know, my other competitors were charging like $60, $70, $80 for a similar app. Mine's $19. Yeah, right. Um, and um, I like partnered up with a celebrity nutritionist because um, no one has done food and exercise together. Right. So I was like, that's a little, you know, niche or whatever in the market that hasn't been tapped into yet. So it's like the dream team, the Hollywood dream team coming yeah. together to produce this. Um, but I just wanted to, yeah, be able to reach as many people as possible wherever they were and to, to give people the gift of health but by doing it by an app. So everything now is online. Like my, my world now is, other than working with private clients, right. is filming content. Is that right? Constantly filming content. For the app. For the app. Right. Yeah. And I also like, I'm a big believer in giving away free content as well. Like not enough where you're going to dilute the brand, yeah. but a, an, but enough that people can get a taste for it and be like, oh, I, I love this. I want to keep doing this. Because um, it's fascinating sometimes. Like that one of the, I did this workout for Sweaty Betty. It was like seven or eight years ago. I was like, oh, so not in the mood to do it. It was for free. It was like this thing. I was like, oh, just do this workout. It's had like millions and millions of views. It's like one of the most popular DVDs I've ever done. Right. And it's free. And it's out there and people are like, we loved it. This is how we know about you. And still people will say to me, oh, we know about this because of, you know, this video. So the importance of putting out free content for people. You Have know. you discovered that you could literally film an entire workout for someone, yeah. put it on YouTube for free, mm-hmm. they'll watch it, they'll love it, but they'll still come to your studio and pay you to do yeah. the same workout? Yeah, because you still miss that, that in-person feeling. Because mm. a lot of my clients, I'll say to them, use the app while I'm away or if you can't. No, they're like, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. So I think you'll never you'll never beat that human no. connection. But it's a really good distinction because I think one of the things that prevents a lot of businesses giving away free content mm. is like, well, if I give them everything they need, yeah. then they're not going to need me anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, no, it just doesn't work that no. way. It actually builds the demand. It builds the, yeah, exactly. It builds the demand. Um, so the app is definitely like my my focus, and I think I've learned so much along the way. <laughs> Every time I speak to someone about their oh, app story, gosh. yeah, it's yeah. like it it's because was... the frustrating thing is, you know, when you said before, am I a control freak? Yes, I am an absolute control freak, and this is something I can't have control over because all of my content, everything I've done, is precision, perfect. I'm signed off on it. But the technology side, yeah. I can't do anything with. So I, of course, am CC'd in all the app support emails because I'm a control freak. So when I see people write in and say, oh, it's frozen or it's this, and I'm like, you know, I, I take it personally and I get very upset. So it's like learning to go, it's technology. I can't do anything about this. Let yeah. it go, let it go, let it go. Learning how to communicate with programmers and developers yeah. who speak their own language. Yes, because yeah. I'm like, that's it's another language to me. I don't know what you're talking about. So the app is going to be yeah. the next big thing for yes, Body by Simone? the London studio. Okay. Have you got plans for more studios around the world as well? Yeah, I think. Are they quite high maintenance in terms they of what they, the return that they yeah, give you? Yeah. So brick and mortar are never really, you know, you make money off it, but it's not a huge, yeah. huge income. Um, I always say it's like the Fifth Avenue store. You know, it's like, look at me, I have this. Um, it's, you know face value to have 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 something that people can come to but right. they don't make a lot of money everything we make is on merchandise and um, well that was going to be my next question yeah so merchandise is a big part of your yeah. your catalog so yes. tell us about that how did you develop your merch catalog yeah um just off need of once again what i wanted yeah. <laughs> so then it felt authentic and and um you know true um i've got like co-branded with a shoe line which was 
super, super cool because no one well really done. has done that in the fitness line. So I'm creating this my second shoe at the moment. Well done. Thank you. That's Once huge. again, it's just like asking around like what people, you know, what colors do people want? Yeah. Surprisingly, all women Can we want, ask what shoe company? Yeah, it's called Newton Running. Okay. Um, they were designed for um, triathlon, the triathletes. Yeah. Um, and it's a specific light running shoe, but I've worn them for eight years because they 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 force you to like go on the ball of your foot just strike on the ball of your foot which right. is perfect for dance so which is perfect for for what we do and then they're like light and airy and um help you with pronation and stuff like that so um they're really a good shoe and so yeah i'm doing my second shoe which is very exciting that's super cool well you know you've made it when you've got your own shoe, shoe. i know i know <laughs> um and then, yeah, I just, you know, tanks and things like that. But then equipment, that's the other thing I've started right. to do now is just like co-brand. I did something with TheraBand for this like CLX band, which is just the greatest piece of equipment ever. <laughs> it's light. You can travel with it. Okay, and, great. But once again, all of these things have happened organically. It's like mm. they've kind of come to me. And yeah. it's like because if I'm using the product and I love it, then there's it like why would actually. we not do a partnership? You know, it's like yeah. when someone comes to you with the most random thing and you're like, no, well, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I could probably take that. But would I use that in the studio? Is that me? Is that yeah. my brand? No. So so one thing that a lot of people building businesses uh, often struggle with is balance, mm -hmm. you know, um, because, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, we're so obsessed about building a business, we mm -hmm. forget that, oh, shit, you know, it's I've life. got a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a wife, mm -hmm. a husband, a kid, yeah. you know, family. Um, I'm going to assume... I actually did hire a dancer uh, as a team member a couple of years ago. And one of the things that was very appealing about hiring her was the discipline. Yeah. Uh, enormous levels of discipline, enormous, you know, incredibly high levels of work ethic, um, which is a testament, I'm going to assume, to a lot of the success that you've created because you know how to work hard. You know how to basically get in and, and do the hard yards. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, my sense is like many other entrepreneurs, you know, you've got that control element to you. You're a little bit obsessive, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not a psychic. <laughs> Maybe a little one. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, like, how do you balance that? How do you balance that in a way where you're not just keeping everyone healthy and happy, clients healthy and happy, you know, team members healthy and happy, but, you know, how do you keep you healthy and happy, yeah. you know, training seven hours a day and, you know, trying to maintain relationships as well? Yeah. It's very challenging, I have to say. I, um, I was married um, and strangely enough, we separated um, as I was starting the business. Wow. And I think... It was a blessing because I put my 100% energy and everything into building Body by Simone. I didn't have any any distractions whatsoever. And I don't think if I had been in that marriage would I have had this success or been able to do that. Yeah, right. That's um, very honest. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was my love. It was my child. It was my, you know, my everything. Um, and then I've, I have a partner now. He's, uh, for, we've been together for three years, but he lives in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Right, London so, studio makes a lot more sense. London now. studio makes more sense. Yeah. Um, which is also very and and my mum's in Australia and my best friend is in France and so I was like, and I'm an only child, right? So like mum said to me the other day, she was like, Why have you created this world when you're such a loving and you know your relation my relationships are so important to me, but all of your relationships are away from you, you know? And so it's like I have this ability to be very present which I think is a wonderful thing, but it also is a detriment because right now, right here, I'm here with you and I'm present and I'm, you know, if I'm, when I'm in my relationship and I'm in the UK, I'm present and I'm there with him. Or if I'm in Australia, I'm present, I'm there with her. 
but then I'm here and I would like, oh, a couple of hours first. And I don't think about those things because mm. I'm just You're here. here. Yeah. So I don't know. There's good points and bad points <laughs> <laughs> to that. Um, how do I keep balance? Uh, I sleep a lot. That is okay. one of my major, major, major things that I do. I'm in bed at nine o'clock every night. I'm up at five. So I have a strict schedule. So I get, you know, my eight to nine hours of sleep. I meditate a lot. Is um, meditation a daily practice for yeah. you? Okay. What style of meditation? Um, just literally just sit there and still. Hum. Yeah. 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 Just trying to keep still, like quieten out the noise. Yeah. Um, I try and do a little bit of yoga when I can. Um, what about your diet? Like I'm going to assume, yeah. you know, you're just going to be a naturally fit and healthy person. But yeah. one of the things I've noticed has become quite popular is like intermittent fasting as yeah. an example. Yeah. Do you follow any kind of a particular eating schedule? I do a little bit because I find that that works for me. Mm. Um, I, I kind of have my last meal at about 6 p.m. Um, and then I, my first workout is 6 a.m. So I don't usually eat until like eight or nine. Okay. So then there's that, you know, over 12 hours. Yep. Um, I just find that it works for me personally. I, and, um, it's funny. I do eat really, really well. However, I have a sweet tooth and I can eat chocolate for breakfast or, right. you know, for me, Smash it's a like, of Tim yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a big mum just sent me some mint slices. So oh, I've got some. Thanks, <laughs> I've got some in the fridge, but, um, yeah, you know, but I also like to, to go out on the weekend and have a drink and have a good time. Yeah. And so it's just trying to find the balance of, and then practicing gratitude. I mm. think that helps me, helps me find balance because as an entrepreneur, you're, always mom said to me the other day when simi when when will this end like when is enough when will enough be enough and i was like it won't like it's it's not and it's not as in i'm not enough yeah but it's like i have this thirst and this need and i just want to create and be inspiring and so that will never go away so if you're trying to ask me for that to go it it, it won't yeah more and more now i'm learning okay the balance is practice gratitude be grateful for what you have be grateful to have, sit here actually with you now and talk about like the past seven years and go, holy shit, like this little girl from Aspendale, you know, in Melbourne, Australia, who came from a single mom and didn't, you know, wow. had no money and here I am now, you know. I'm actually emotional. <laughs> no, it's great. I was brought up by a single mom as well yeah. and, yeah, you've done her proud. <laughs> Do you also think perhaps balance for people like, um, like, and I identify a lot with what you're saying, but for entrepreneurs, people like us, do you think balance is one of those things that is in fact um, a myth? Like, is it something that, because <laughs> like, I'll, I'll share my perspective okay. first. Um, one of the things that I've learned for me personally is balance is a bit of a myth. Yeah. Uh, it's, and I'm never going to achieve complete balance. I'm just going to be constantly running from one spinning plate to the next spinning plate. Yeah. And every now and then one of those <laughs> plates falls down and I have to glue it back yeah, together shit. again and then start spinning it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they really get quite wound up and thinking, I've got to, I've got to have balance. I've got to be able to eat. I've got to be able to train. I've got to be able to work. Yeah. I've got to have a healthy mind. I've got to have health. And, you know, I see a lot of people fragmenting themselves and never really getting anywhere because they, you know, they can't knuckle down for 10 hours on this and perhaps ignore some of these priorities over there. Like, do you subscribe to the perspective that perhaps balance is a little bit of a myth that is sometimes chased in an unhealthy way? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the idea of what balance is. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I just think it's, it's, if you wake up and you feel like you've achieved something and you're happy at the end of the day, then I guess that's balance. Yeah. You know, 
It's like how what what how are we defining balance? Good question. Mm. How do you blow off steam? Um, hmm. Can't say exercise. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I blow off steam? It's a good question. I don't know. Like, I would say probably more. I just like to to be in different environments, and and so whether that's travel or constantly being inspired or something like that but yeah even just this past week being in the Bahamas like being in some some different environment it makes me remove my brain from where it was and Mm. I think probably I back in the day I used to go out dancing or whatever I'd go out for drinks with my girlfriends and stuff like that but I'm old now, so I'm You're like old in now. bed. Are in we bed allowed at to nine. ask how old you are? Is that like? Well, I'm 43. I'm 43. Yeah. That's not old. Come on. <laughs> you mean sitting in the hallway and you calling me old? And I didn't even realize. Wow, that's that's just that's uh, offensive. Um, best piece of business advice you've ever received? Yeah, just don't. I mean, hear people's opinions, listen to people's opinions. But always go with your gut. Yeah. Like follow follow your instinct. And that's literally what I have I've always done. I think, you know, people can tell you a million things and it's really great. And it's really good to listen. Listen more than you talk, right? Mm. <laughs> listen more than you talk. Sit and listen, listen and listen, and then just weigh everything up. Um, but at the end of the day, especially if it's your business, no one's gonna know your business like you do. So if it feels, you know, right or wrong, then then listen to that because if you are operating from a place of pure passion, mm. you know, that's driving you to to, to the success, then you, you you know, you know the answer. People have people have great advice and that's really good and listen to that, but deep down you know the answer. Worst piece of business advice you've ever received? Um, sell out. I've had a lot of people. It's wow. an interesting thing. Like yeah. Recently, I've had so many people come to to invest in me. Yeah. Um, and you know, I own like eighty percent or something of my own company, which is pretty awesome considering yeah. like I've you know I've put this all together with hardly any funds whatsoever and haven't sold out. So part of me is so excited and wanting to take that next step. Another part of me is terrified because you're going to lose. You know. Control. Control, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think, you know, don't sell out too soon. Like the longer you can push it, the longer you can push Mm. it and use funds from yourself to create and create and create, then it's yours rather than in the early days go, oh, someone's offering me all this money, I'll take it. And then you're always going to have to answer to this person. You're always going to have to have part of the vision of this person. So I think, yeah, don't sell out. Who's been the most influential person in your life today? Um, business wise, I'd probably say my, he's my attorney slash, Wow. I call him my, his name's Nicholas, but I call him St. Nicholas. He's like my, um, mentor. Um, he has just been incredible along the journey since I began and, um, just given me really great advice once again, never swayed my decisions on anything. And I just trust him, trust him, trust him, trust him. So business wise, I would say it would definitely be St. Nicholas. And then personally, obviously, my mother and then, you know, my, my close friends and loved ones. What is the one piece of advice if you can give anyone who's in business right now? Mm-hmm. Let's just imagine that there's a, um, you know, there's a 25-year-old girl out there somewhere yeah. who loves what she does. She's very passionate about what she does. She's tempted to go and, you know, do it for herself, but mm-hmm. she doesn't know exactly how to do that. Like, how do you ground that? I mean, I, I would say 
I would say initially just go and do it because yeah. what happens, failure, but is, is there failure? No, there's just a lesson, right? What's the worst case scenario? Okay, you're going to lose some money or you're going to lose some friends along the way. But I'd much rather you live your life knowing that you tried than, mm. than saying, oh, well, I was too scared or I lived. You know, don't ever base a decision on fear. Mm, so that's a great piece a good of one, advice. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Anna. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, don't base it on fear, but you know, obviously, um, arm yourself with some knowledge before you go into it. So, have you written any books so far? I have a book, yeah, yeah but it was like six years, seven years ago when I first started. Okay. Um, and it's a fitness book with, you know, diet and exercise and a bit of my journey at the beginning of, you know, from a dancer and about self-love and self-acceptance and the female body and, you know, but I would like to write another one, you know, in a few more years, I think. Possibly the story. The story yeah. yeah, I keep I, joking about like the life no, of a celebrity yeah. trainer, but I'd have to be killed first. I'd have to wait for a lot of my clients to pass away first before I could so some share those stories. Amazing stories, but yeah, yeah just I guess share. Yeah, names, be nice have, been, to... names have been changed. Or <laughs> exactly. the guilty. <laughs> but yeah, it would be nice to share. You know, the progression of my of my life, my business story. Simone, I, I have to say this has been a real highlight interview, oh, a real pleasure to talk to you. You're an you absolute, so you, you're a reflection of your mum. Like, cause when you first walked in here, I was like, wow, you light up. Like oh, you actually light up you. a room. So for people who want to find out more about you yeah. and connect more with you, either on the fitness journey or the life journey, like how mm-hmm. can they find you? So anything is at my website, which is www.bodybysimone.com. You can follow me on Instagram at bodybysimone. Facebook is Simone Delarue. Instagram is Body by I mean, Twitter is Body by Simone. Studios, you can find out all that information. And can the I- app is at, in the app store under Woo-hoo. Body by Simone. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got one yeah. other question that I was yeah. like, Delarue. Yes. Are you French? So it. Or um, is this a branding? No, it's my stepfather's name. So my mum remarried and to make it easier when I was going to school, we, you know, took on, um, on his name. Um, but I still I say thank you to Ross. That's a wonderful gift that he gave me because yeah. everyone's like, is that a stage name? Especially when I started yeah. in theatre, they were like, and my middle name's Nicole, so it's like Simon Nicole de la Rue. People are like, that can't be a real name. I'm like, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's it's my real name, which is cool. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much. Very hard, and I know thank you've worked you. very hard to get where you are, thank you. which is evident. Uh, and yeah, I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you got it. There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And do me a favor, don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. Would love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say. And your reviews make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, kerwinray.com. And also check us out on social media, at Kerwin Ray.